Hello, and welcome to You Lost Me at Namaste, where we discuss all things wellness, well-being, and spirituality at the 101 level. I'm the host and well-being alchemist, Michelle Schoenfeld, broadcasting today from the Life Co. Wellbeing and Detox Center in Bodrum, Turkey. So I am so excited for today's episode because it's a little bit different than covering a topic like I often do. Today, I have the opportunity to interview a really amazing soul. And what I love about his story so much, why I wanted to interview him, is because those of you who've been listening to me know I love talking about transformation, no matter where you are in your life, following your life's purpose, and whatever you do, doing something that adds value to people's lives. And so I feel like my guest today is an amazing example of not only transformation, but really bringing wellness to the world and making a huge impact on other people's lives around the world. So he is an incredibly successful, innovative entrepreneur, author, well-being activist, and as I said, kind soul. So before I go any further, let me please introduce you to my guest today on You Lost Me at Namaste, Erson Pamuk Suzer. Welcome, Erson. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. <laughs> That's quite a buildup, I know, but it's you are worth every single word I said in that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, Erson, amongst a lot of different things, is the founder of the Life Co Wellbeing Center in Bodrum, where we are right now. And it's really part of what I fell in love with about this area of the world. I truly feel it's going to be the new wellbeing and spiritual center of the world. Um, so, before we kind of talk about some of your endeavors in the Life Co., would you mind sharing a little bit of your backstory with us? How you got here? Yeah, I'm a business person in the field of, I was uh, active in the field of uh, telecoms and media. And uh, yeah, I was quite successful and uh, I retired at the age of 46, 2002. And uh, a friend of mine um, introduced me into something I didn't know what it was, master detox or something like that. So I had a different holiday in Thailand, Koh Samui. Since 2002, I'm impressed by how to survive in life. Uh, it was a kind of wake-up call for me. I knew a lot about business. I knew a lot about society, politics, economics, etc. But I didn't know how to drink water, how to walk, <laughs> how to move, how to breathe. So that was an interesting experience to get introduced to the life at the age of 46. So I realized that um, those four, first 46 years, uh, I was not aware about something called life existed. Right. So we were, um, I mean, we as a human being coming into the life and then we keep learning, living in autopilot. It's so true. Now, you were a very successful um, businessmen before this, would you mind sharing what your business was? Because it's very different uh, than what it is now. I started with Ericsson in Sweden. I studied in Sweden uh, in telecoms and media and business administration, etc. I started with Ericsson. It's a telecom company. I worked in Ericsson in Sweden and Saudi Arabia. And I arrived in Turkey as a manager of Ericsson Turkey and some other countries. And we built up uh, cable TV networks, mobile telephone networks, uh, internet networks, etc. Because 1990s was uh, 80s, it started. Yes. In fact, I started with um, some kind of project management for 
National Guard um, uh, for the Saudi princes, some kind of uh, mobile network nationwide for 200 princes. Wow. And then that was my first um, experience of this new world with mobility, etc., etc. At the, I mean, nineteen eighty-five. So it was uh, by then. And Turkey, nineteen ninety-three, we were into the mobile before that cable and other things. Internet just started later on. So it's a kind of journey in the new era with digitalization, mobility, internet, online, etc. Et right. So I'm more on that side just because uh, I'm one of the earliest um, computer scientists. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you sharing before just how hard you worked and what kind of an unhealthy diet and your probiotic might have been like whiskey or bourbon or something like that. It was. And for those of you listening in the United States and North America, Ericsson and Turkcell would be equivalent to Verizon, where yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking big company, big corporate structure, yeah, yeah. long hours, um, just very, very different than kind of what you've been doing now. Um, what inspired you then? So you said you had this journey. You did your first detox. What inspired you to create the LifeCo, a center of your own? Yeah. I'm a bit uh, curious person. I, I uh, need to engage myself in uh, some kind of stimulating, um, uh, say, life experiences. So that's why, for example, when I thought I'm okay with all of these businesses, it's just uh, routine. I mean, to make another contract a billion dollar, it was yeah, it's a routine business. Right. So that's why I said, okay, I'm done with all this, um, uh, say, business, business life. But I didn't know what to do next. Right. So by chance, I arrived to this experience where I first get introduced to the life. And then I said, okay, this is interesting. When I deep dive, I spent 10 days every month for um, some kind of deep dive of life elements like chewing, breathing, walking, moving your body, eating, yoga, or medi meditation. You were doing water fasting too, weren't you sometimes? I did, yeah, 21 days I did in one go. Uh, I did all these things and uh, then I said, okay, this is very, very interesting for me. I mean, it's a bit late, but never... Uh, <laughs> never too late, Erson. Never too late, <laughs> Never yeah. too late. I'm with you. I'm the late bloomer as well yeah, yeah. when it comes to the Eastern medicine yeah. or the well-being side of medicine, yeah. I should say. So that was a kind of um, kickoff, and um, I still uh, a good student of life. Yes, uh, it I would goes say. on. <laughs> life is so complicated, you know. That's, it is for uh, sure. That's good to study, and you can never uh, have enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> what I love um, about your Ersen, a lot of things actually, because you've made such a positive impact on so many people around the world. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the Life Co. I would encourage you to go Google it, check out their website. Um, of course, the first thing you're going to probably see is all the celebrities who've come here. Yeah. And I can say Kate Moss because I've met her personally and she talks about it openly. But there's a whole host of international celebrities and just ordinary, your best friend, your next door neighbor who come yeah. here. Um, it's literally one of the number one well-being centers in the world. And they've won Best Detox several years in a row. Uh, it's about detoxifying your body and cleansing your body, mind, body, and soul, removing heavy metals and toxins, and just really having complete transformation. So he's being very modest, I'll be honest, of what the Life Co. really is and what it provides to people. 
the first time I came, I was teaching retreats, I'll be honest. Well, I came for the interview, of course, but then I came and I taught a retreat called Heal Your Life. And when I left here, even though I was teaching, I felt like I had healed my life even more just because of the environment you've created and the clients who come here. I felt like it was summer camp for adults. <laughs> I feel like people come here and they bond with each other. Yeah. Most people come alone, some couples, some mother-daughter, that kind of thing. Um, but people bond. And they leave here with lifelong relationships. And I don't know if you really realize the impact um, that you have. I also love that you still teach retreats once in a while. Yeah. You taught one last year that I had the pleasure of sitting in on for a few days. And it was amazing that you haven't lost sight of what it's all about with all the other things that you do in the world. So you started LifeCo here in Bodrum. And then Turkey is your homeland, correct? True. And then you opened the center in Phuket. Yeah, Thailand, Thailand, which is more cancer-based and wellness at a more scientific level, or explain Phuket and your, maybe your inspiration for Phuket. Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, when you look to the wellness business, you should not look as a business, I mean, at the start, because it's a kind of um, uh, well-being act. So what you do, you share your ideas, you share your experiences with others. As you say, like, for example, having a number of people around yourself, like-minded, with the same objective, etc. So what you realize, you help each other more than the company itself or more than the center itself. It's true. Itself. They say your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Uh, and, like, energy is energy. So positive yeah, energy attracts more yeah, positive energy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, a major thing. And also, we, what I realized during all those years, now we are in our 15 years... Um, Congratulations. Operations. So what we learned that um, uh, as a center, you should not negotiate. So you should not try to, um, say, um, satisfy your customers' wills and wishes because of money. If you do so, people easily falls back to their, um, say, uh, old habits. Right. So you're saying, so, like, the, there's no caffeine here. You can't get a cup exactly. of coffee. You can't mm -hmm. negotiate in your program a cup of coffee. You can't right. negotiate in your program a glass of wine or a fish or whatever exactly. it is. It's a plant-based. So it's a plant-based or juice-based or water-based, um, say, programs. And you stick your program you are either in or out. Yeah. The reason we do like this, because when you do this type of um, strict programs, you get results. And people suffers maybe a bit in the program, but <laughs> then uh, when they are out, they are so happy because they got the result. It's they lost true. the kilos, they have the better sleep, they look, um, they have a better skin, so all this is so true. And I know you said that in your first experiences, you felt that and you're like, how is everybody not doing this? Yeah, I exactly. want everybody to feel this. And even for me, you know, I'm vegan naturally. I work out. I'm pretty healthy. Granted, French fries and Oreos are also vegan. So it's not like I'm always perfect. But in general, I have a pretty clean life. What I put in my body is pretty clean and I'm pretty thin. So I came here. I still lost eight pounds, yeah. like a little over four kilos, actually. So that's a little more. Um, but that wasn't even it. Like, I looked better. I liked how I looked. I lost that visceral fat. But I felt like I could see better. I felt like I had more energy. And I just felt happier. Yeah. And that said, I'm not going to say that day three and four weren't a little rough. And I love that. I can always tell when people come and they're, like, on day three, especially if they're big, like, drinkers or caffeine people. 
because the energy is a little bit low. And I, that makes me almost smile because I'm like, just wait, that's good. That means it's working. Yeah. You're getting all that toxins out and I know they're not cheating then too, right? Um, and then they leave here and they're like, it changed their life. Yeah. People might come in that, and all, that, That's yeah. exactly the feeling we need to get um, on, for the people because when they are deep down in a dark corner of their life, then they remember suddenly, oh, I felt so good over there. So they Absolutely. have a hope. They hope they have a hope for coming back and then uh, redoing themselves. So that's a very good thing that, of course, it's better if they learn how to live further. Yes. I mean, how to live... Um, and you have Life After Detox. Yeah, you have a program. After, yeah, we have Life After Detox program, etc. But yep. very often, we need to be <laughs> realistic. People go back and uh, after a few months, they go back to old routine. <laughs> yes. But at least they know... I have a kind of um, solution, a recipe Absolutely. to be better. When it comes to Thailand, so what uh, I, I like Thailand because it's um, really nice nature. People are so nice, etc. It's I wouldn't say it's the best business environment, but right. it's a good living environment. Where the cancer part came? So as you know, and a lot of my listeners know, I did have stage three cancer myself, mm. and I am a firm believer in alkaline bodies to fight cancer. Um, before I knew you and your book, which I want to bring up in a minute, I read the China study 10 years ago. I liked it. I didn't pay too much attention. Then I got cancer. I reread it. I paid attention. Mm. Totally changed my lifestyle. Alkaline, got rid of the dairy and the meat. Um, so I was really intrigued that Phuket has a whole cancer yeah. treatment I mean, protocol. for me, when I go through... I'm a kind of um, a systematic person. I, I think in systems, and I, um, when I go into something, I either, um, I rather deep dive and get a good understanding of things. So when um, uh, I was into the well-being, anti-aging, feeling good, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, so I got the feeling that, for example, treatment of cancer is absolutely the extreme anti-aging program. Absolutely. A lot of these programs are anti-aging. I forgot yeah. to mention that because everybody wants that. <laughs> integrative, integrative oncology or holistic oncology, it's more or less a very intensive anti-aging program. So that's why 2008 I was in um, uh, Dr. Lodi's um, uh, center in um, Arizona uh, and uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So I, I had uh, two weeks of um, anti-aging treatment, which was um, in a cancer clinic, integrative holistic cancer clinic. So it was interesting experience. And then when we opened the Bodrum, uh, the Phuket, then we realized that we have all the bits and pieces and Dr. Lodi wanted to live in um, uh, Thailand, Phuket, etc. So he joined the forces and we made a kind of, um, uh, say, healing program uh, around um, cancer uh, based on all this integrative, holistic approach. It's so important. And I found when I, had, when I was going through my battle, it was a hard time to find places that were doing this. Because a lot of times, the government regulates what you can do. And it's all um, lobbyists and money and pharmaceutical companies. And so things like this don't get a lot of kind of traction. But they're incredibly valuable and important. And I think it's important to point out to the listeners today that your centers are supervised by medical physicians. Like, they're medical yeah. professionals yeah. who are overseeing your programs, who are overseeing everything. Dr. Lodi is one of the best in the world at what he does. 
um, and you have regular consultations when people come, they have regular consultations with the physicians exactly. that know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, when you look to the medicine, I mean, medical world, starting with, um, uh, again, with uh, anti-aging, integrative and holistic, like uh, the island next to us, uh, Kos Island. Yes, I love Greece. Kos, part yeah, of Greece. The Hippocrates was um, living there, and he has an institute over there. So you can still go and see what he was doing and how he was living, etc. <laughs> the first medical school in the yeah, world, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there, uh, you realize, for example, the first recipe he has written it was uh, sage tea. So uh, medical word or medicine started with sage tea, Hippocrates, etc., and yes. then they arrived somewhere else, commercial, um, very business um, ground. So. I mean, looking to, I would say always, in, there are two parts of um, health. One is um, uh, symptom management. Yes. The other part is the real healing. So symptom management, if you broke your arm, so you have pain as a symptom, you have, uh, so the real healing, I mean, you can take away, away the pain with painkillers, etc. But the real healing takes time. So arm is healed maybe over two, three months, and no medicine helps. Absolutely. So it is your lifestyle who heals. Right. Like I crashed my shoulder in while skiing, so the healing was totally up to me. So I started to take high vitamin, I mean IVs, vitamin C IVs around 50 gram per day, and then 250 gram omega-3 oil. Uh, and then um, after 30 days, 40 days, I was okay. And all the medical, um, say, experts was saying at least six to eight months. The so same thing happened to me. I'll yeah. be honest, it tied in here. Last year, when I was supposed to be coming to teach a, a retreat, right before I was coming, I was in a really bad bicycle accident. Wow. Broke my arm in two places, busted my front teeth, had to delay my trip a little bit because I wasn't allowed to fly with all these problems. And I did exactly that kind of care. And when I went back to get x-rays to get the clear to fly, literally the doctors couldn't believe that my arm had healed so well, yeah. and they gave me a clean bill of health to fly. And when I came here, the first thing I did was went to the clinic. I'm like, okay, what do you got for me? Because <laughs> you know, we're gonna heal this. And sure enough, um, the healing process was at least cut in half, yeah. if not sooner. Yeah. So the, the symptom management, I was going to say, symptom management is a good, well done by the hospitals, doctors, etc. But healing part is more or less uh, a lifestyle, and they don't have time and resources to True. sit hand in hand. So that's why uh, we need you, we need this type of centers, and we need people themselves taking care of their healing processes, yes. so they cannot outsource their healing process to a nurse or a doctor. Yes. It has to be done by themselves, like you did yourself. The you, true mind-body-soul yeah, connection, yeah, right? You, 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 <laughs> you, you eat right food, you think right way, you support um, your um, healing process, boost your healing process with supplements or IVs, etc with um, some kind of medical support, but that's you who makes the change happen. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I'm gonna mention your book uh, as well because there's so much I wanna cover today and maybe I'll be lucky enough another time to have yeah, you back on yeah, the show. Yeah, why not, we do that. Okay, that'd be wonderful. Um, but I'm just gonna mention it. It's called Until the Last Toxin and it's emotional, mental, and physical purification. 
I think it's a really, really beautiful book. Um, what was your inspiration for this? And is it available worldwide or Amazon? Or right now, is it just Turkey? Where can people get this book? To be honest, I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> okay, well, I'll tell you what, listeners. I love that. I love how <laughs> humble he is. And if you could see him, he has the biggest smile. He's just the most adorable man. Um, very uh, charismatic. Um, I will put a resource link yeah, please. in the show notes. Yeah. And I know that we can get it for anybody who's interested. Again, it's called Until the Last Toxin. Take care of yourself. It's really an amazing book, a nice guide. Um, and I also have, I did a little research on you, of course, before yeah. the interview, and saw some of the other articles that you've written. And one of my favorite was From Birth to Today. Yeah. That was your article? Yeah. So there's a quote from there that I really liked. And it said, There is no point in blaming those who gave us formations that we don't like. And you're referring to the past. Yeah. In, how you grow up, the people around you, your parents, your environment, that which form us, that you can't look back. And I talk a lot about that. We need to let go of our past, yeah. and we need to cut those links of things. We can't use them as crutches, because we're responsible for ourselves. Um, so I love that quote so much. How would you say people can relate that to like what's going on in the world today? Yeah, you know, we, all, uh, we are, we are all uh, a kind of uh, reference frames. So when we live life, so we each have a reference frame which translates whatever happening around us to something which we experience and we make hormones out of it and we get our anger, love, etc. That's all, we, that reference frame, like if we take each other, so we are, say, 300-page uh, book of a reference frame. So you come up with um, to this life with three pages written, your uh, DNA, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> <Right. laughs> 297 pages written by others. That's the parents, a religion, culture, schooling, social environment, work environment, and your um, say experiences up to that point. So you, you become somebody, and that somebody is 3% you, 297% of what other people format you. And when they do that, they never have bad intention. Right. Yeah, they do their best. My mother did her best. My father did her best. Neighbors did her, their best. So then you are then who you are. So then it starts your self-journey. So that was exactly what I felt. Uh, I said, okay, I'm this person. If I'm going to do something else out of this, so there's no point to blame people. Absolutely. Just start from scratch which part I want to change. What do you want? Well, yeah, what do you well, want? Like, How do you want to be I did, a person? I did simple things like I listed my habits. How do I behave when I talk to Michelle? How do I eat? How do I wake up? How do I move my body? How do I drink water, etc.? So I look my habit list and I said, okay, let me change some of my habits. Those habits rooted in my past, but you know that's gone. So yes. now, last uh, 15 years, I tr try to learn how to do better in different fields. Like for example, I do on the uh, food side certain things like from three and plus meals into one meal a day. I changed the way I drink alcohol, for example. I rather drink in shot glasses than big glasses. 
Yeah, and nice I, tip. <laughs> I, I, ne I, I never drink more than one, maximum two glasses of red wine in an occasion. And uh, I never drink if I really don't want it. So yeah, same thing with the food. I, I rather pick up to my plate whatever I can and want to eat, not more. So this type of things just I change. While I change also the things which was really big help in my life, the, like learning radical acceptance, accepting the word as it is. Yes. That was a big change because uh, nowadays I never get, say, um, um, stressed of uh, anything happening because that's just as it is. Yes. Radical acceptance. Today we have, for example, a kind of uh, lockdown because coronavirus. Yeah, why not? That's happened, <laughs> and it's here. What can I do? Just yes. accept it. And also, nowadays, not putting worry or energy towards things we can't change. Yeah. I mean, if you don't do that, otherwise you build up problems. Like, for example, if you take the coronavirus thing, like I believe the damage of this experience will be much more on the fear, psychological, economical side than the medical. I agree. That, that, uh, than the disease itself. Disease may be one, but the other um, side effects will be 10. Yes. So that's a big, big um, damage will be around us, not because of the disease, because of how we behave. It's so true. I talk a lot about, um, and we all do in this well-being yeah. industry, of energy is energy. Yeah. And from kind of scientifically, fear is a response that causes cortisol production, which causes aging and all sorts of inflammatory issues, but it's also contagious in other areas of your life. Yeah. It makes you look at things in a like low vibrating negative perspective, seeing all the problems, and a lot of times those problems, as you said, are things we can't control or change anyway. So it's, as you said, radical acceptance, but looking at the things that we are going right, the things that we can control, the things that are good, the things we are grateful for, and it could be as simple as you have a safe space to wake up every morning, or there's, it's sunny today, or it could be very small, minor yeah, things. So you need or to have, things. yeah, you need yeah. to have your driving forces well, um, well in place. Like for example, if your driving force is having a kind of uh, number in your bank book, yes. your behaviors are a different. lot of fear around money right now. Yeah, mm -hmm. if your um, behaviors are um, driven by, I mean, if your presence in life is driven by your uh, say, um, uh, well-being, your joy, your uh, happiness, etc. then suddenly you are into the other type of um, uh, presence in this world. So that's a choice. It is a choice. Yeah. I always say our number one obligation in this life is the relationship we have with ourself. Yeah. That's it. How we feel, that self-love, that just finding joy in the smallest things. And also you should ask yourself, how do I want to feel? That's exactly. also it's a very choice. important. Yeah, it's a choice. It's if a you want to feel good, then yeah. you can feel good. Yeah. If you don't think like that, you don't know how do, are you going to yeah. feel. And I feel like they're both contagious. And, and, and I mean contagious in a good way when it comes to positivity and feeling happy. It's like, I want to choose to feel good. I had learned this battle during my cancer, to be yeah. honest. You know, but we all have our own times we have to learn this. Choosing to feel good then you want to find more things, more books to read, movies to watch, people to be around, okay. places to be that make you feel good. Uh, your drive comes from internally from yourself. You exactly. just drive 
your life. And unfortunately, if, if you're you getting are, energy uh, from negative, you're uh, going to seek uh, those uh, out if too. If you are focusing on what other people think about you, or you are expecting your wellness based on others, then that external thing is not in your control. So you will fail. Exactly. So you're that's setting yourself a up. good life is always <laughs> your energy, your uh, initiative, Make the rather choice. than the right. others. And like, we all slip. It's, and if you find yourself, those of you listening, you find yourself slipping or you're in that circle of negativity now, you can break it. Just acknowledge it's happening and be like, okay, that's it. That's in the past. As of Definitely. right now, that's in the past. Moving forward, Definitely. I'm going to change my focus. Definitely. Right? <laughs> plot twist. Definitely. If you don't like the story you're writing, throw in a plot twist and go the direction you want. <laughs> so there's so many things. I really wanted this show to be about you because I really think you have so much to offer. Um, and we have talked about a, a lot about life co and well-being, but there's some really other interesting stuff that you've been doing. And I love Starter Hub. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Can you give a couple, just a couple brief moments yeah. on what Starter Hub is all about? Yeah, I, I like to, I mean, I, I have a huge experience of how to do business, how to live the life, etc. And uh, I wanted to share this with uh, young entrepreneurs. I love that. Yeah, they, there are so many goodwill out there, so many, so much energy out there. They want to do something good for the world or for themselves, etc. So we started some kind of uh, support um, units, like we have uh, Mentor Effect. We mentor them. Starters Hub is a kind of acceleration unit. We try to accelerate their ideas or their business. I love that. It's and so important. we have uh, something called Angel Effect. Uh, we have uh, angel investors investing the seed money in their projects. So we nowadays we started um, something called Survival Paths, which is uh, we try to help them how to survive in crisis because those guys don't know what is a crisis. Right. So that's um, that's new for them. Uh, in the, I mean, in my business life, maybe I had uh, three, four, five big crises. Uh, crisis is like traumas in people's life. Okay. So business that, or like actual trauma. You know, Not that business is an actual trauma, but... When you take actual traumas and put in the context of companies, that's the business crisis. Got it. Okay. Like, for example, you lose somebody, it's a crisis. Absolutely. You, you have a cancer, it's a crisis or something like that. Yeah. And then you look to the companies, this corona lockdown is a crisis. Right. Like company has a cancer to survive or something like that. So you need to put these things in right perspective and redo like crisis makes people um, a, a new version of themselves. Very true. And I could have used you earlier in my career. Company, <laughs> companies could do that also. Absolutely. They can, after this crisis, they could be a new company, a yep. new way of living for them also possible. So I try to explain to them, look for the opportunities try to survive in this type of no business environment. That's very tough. Like everywhere in the world is really tough. It's so important to teach that. I, I'm serious, I wish I would have had something like that. As you know, before I got into the well-being side, yeah. I was um, in the pharmaceutical side for yeah. a decade. And I went from that big corporate structure to owning my own um, medical spa, co-founding it actually. And I didn't know what I was doing to be honest when it came to dealing with people. I'd managed people before, but not in this way. And so it took me a while to realize that everybody's replaceable. 
And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a positive way. If okay. somebody doesn't want to stay and they're not doing a great job or the energy's not there and they want to leave, let them leave. Yeah, we need and to I remember feeling like, freedom. oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Like, that was a huge crisis for me is sometimes is like losing staff or realizing that somebody's not a great fit. For, it could be a huge part of my business sometimes. And I just didn't know how to handle it. I learned like the hard way, but I did learn, luckily. I did learn. Um, but that's something that really isn't taught. So I love that you have that. So that's part of the mentor effect. Yeah, that's yeah. mentor effect, starters up. It's a, this entrepreneurship side we try to, this. yeah. In Washington, D.C., we have um, a few organizations like this in 1776 and a couple other ones. And I think they're just invaluable. I don't know where they were when I was coming up the pipeline. And how about Living Lab? Living Lab is a bit different because there we try to f uh, put together um, societies, citizens of the city, government, and um, industry, university, entrepreneurs, etc. All the, say, stakeholders in the same platform. Okay. And try to, say, um, focus on solutions where everybody is uh, part of it. It's like an incubator? Kind yeah, of, it's everything like that. Like, for example, we, we open a kind of design, um, uh, say, uh, de design um, uh, workshop where we get the citizens to give a kind of um, understanding spec for how should uh, public furnitures should be in the, <laughs> in the parks and um, public areas. Like feng shui type of situation? Yeah, or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you need to listen to the, normally government does and never, um, I mean, they, they do what is best for the citizens. Right. But we say, let's change it. Ask the citizens what's best for you. Absolutely. And let's do for you whatever is best. And is this out of Istanbul? Yeah, it's in Istanbul. Wonderful. Nearby um, airport, we have a um, 400,000 people community we, wow. we, we try to <laughs> we, we try to work with them and wow. try to we measure for example happiness over there we measure uh, how um, what makes the difference in their life for example uh, when we measure this uh, what makes their dif difference in their life we realize a few things maybe i should mention one is for example uh, in Turkish TL, I mean Turkish money uh, context, so we saw a kind of happiness increasing up to 8,000 TL. Okay. After 8,000 TL, it starts to decrease. There we realize that happiness increases with better income up to a level, then decreases. And then suddenly we realized the decrease comes because of uh, responsibilities and uh, I would whatever. agree with that. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. And your life gets more stress because of your consumption patterns or, say, responsibility at the job and at home. It took me a long time it's, for uh, myself to learn that. It's very, I'm very interesting. Happier with yeah. less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we realized that health is a big, um, uh, say, um, uh, item on the list on the, of the citizens. And transportation, for example, Absolutely. this too is really big um, uh, difference makers. Transportation, and then because uh, you need a certain health. amount of transportation and money for freedom, yeah. just realistically, yeah. to feel independent. So there has to be that balance, I guess, of what's available. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. Um, my degree actually is in urban economics and city wow. planning. Wow. And I loved why things are where. Like, why are they there? I loved it. Yeah. 
So this, that's a whole other topic, not necessarily for this podcast, but I'd love to talk about that more. It's so interesting. <laughs> we'll do that next and time. I love how humble you are. Oh, 400,000. Um, how many employees are employed by the LifeCo between all the different centers? I would say we are around 400. Or 400, so. right. So he's incredibly humble. I'm just throwing that out there for those of you listening to realize the scope of this, um, this man's influence uh, and kind of impact that he's made. And then there's just one more thing that I wanted to mention Please. because it meant, I think, a lot to me as far as like pulled at my heartstrings. And is it, do you say Funzi? Funzi? Yeah, Funzi. Funzi. It's, uh, yeah, it's a project which, uh, I mean, uh, Funzi is a kind of platform where we try to help um, on distance um, to make improvement of people's life. We try to use with our Finnish friends uh, to make a difference in um, this um, uh, Syrian uh, migrants' life. You know, they um, refugees from Syria yes. is here. It's over, over 3.54 million people. And we were thinking that creating industries, creating, um, say, entrepreneurship, etc., say, driven by them together with the Turkish content, etc. To help them be productive and supportive. Exactly. And you know, simple things like, for example, we could create a brand by uh, from a refugee, and then um, we, there is a nice move that we just move from plastics into the, uh, say, um, durable and... Uh, say, uh, nature-friendly bags. Right, more recyclable. And they could, they, they could be part of that production, and they could earn that. their That's money. I love beautiful, Arison. They could do a lot of things. But the problem is uh, when you come into the this type of beautiful thinking, you just r suddenly see the governments and their um, Well, remember who you're talking to, what government I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> we have our own problems. Um, and you're right, there are a lot of problems. It's not as easy, but you have to start somewhere. Yeah, we, we, I mean, like, for example, in this case, European Union has a very, very tiring bureaucratic process <laughs> for those dollars or euros are, they are going to put for this type of initiative. It's, a, it's not easy. You get yes, bored. I, yeah. But, well, you know what? The thing is, too, with all these other kind of incubators and projects you have and all these, like, up-and-coming millennials and Gen Z, mm -hmm. somebody is going to find this project and have other ideas and have the energy yeah to take it even further, but you gotta start somewhere. So I love so beautiful. that you started this. Um, so we are getting close to the end of this show already. Yeah. Let me ask you, if you had advice uh, to give people listening today, um, who are maybe not sure like what direction their life is taking, or they're feeling a little stuck, or just something like that, because you said in the beginning of the show, 46, you felt like it was a little late, right? People can feel that way at 26, 36, 66. It's never too late. Once you make the decision, so what advice would you give to people out there who are thinking, I don't know what to do? Yeah, I mean, the first advice, which I, I think that all of us should um, be, uh, say, one way or other um, uh, aware about, life is choices. So we really choose how to feel. We really choose how to live. We really choose how to move, how to what type of relations, what type of uh, presence in different uh, communities. So that's why what I would say, uh, don't give up your hope. Just be sure that making right choices will bring you to wherever you feel good, 
and you yeah. really enjoy like for me last 18 years was a miracle compared <laughs> with uh, before i mean i had a good life but it was more um, say uh, on the surface on paper that, uh, yeah you had good money good car good life good apartment or whatever it is but now i have even you have all this you can't it's not sure that you should feel good but now I don't care what I have uh, <laughs> on those sides, but uh, I, I'm sure that uh, I, I, I should feel good. You're choosing to feel good no matter what. <laughs> yeah. So that's the... I love that. Yeah. That, it that. could have all been easy. I'm sure there was times that you're like, what am I doing? Um, starting these centers or whatever. Like, how did you get past that? Like, if you came across something that just, you're like, Ugh. were you ever close to giving up or close to not doing it? Yeah, you know, I, 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 my personality is just, try to do whatever you can until the last moment. Okay. But if I fail, I, I don't bother. So if I fail, I fail because, you know, you can't just make life happen because you want in that direction. Right. So life happens as it is, you know, like I always say, if you have a glass full of water, you can't pour more water. It would spill out. Right. So just... <laughs> Make sure that whatever glass you are pouring water, it's not full. There is space for it. I love that. That's there another is way. Space for it. So to talking to other people, don't insist. If they are just locked up, say hello. Let yeah. us meet another time when you are in a better mood for listening. <laughs> so I love that. It's again, since I'm such an energy person, energy yeah. is energy. Yeah. What you focus on expands. So like, you only have so much. Yeah. Where are you going to put it? Exactly. So if that glass is full, either don't do that or take some out and fill it up again. Like, figure out what you want to do. Exactly. I love that. That's a great analogy. Um, so I didn't really prep you so much for this because I wanted it to be authentic. I love this raw <laughs> conversation style. But I did ask if you have a personal affirmation or mantra or anything that you like to say or that you go by. or. Yeah, the, the last thing we discussed is more or less my m mantra that uh, life is choices. So your choices makes your life good or bad. So that's, uh, you know, I, I always think about, okay, what's the choice for better me? Yes. For now or for today or yes. for this period, etc. So, I mean, that's, I, I never uh, feel stuck. I choose so, to have a great life. Yeah, you know. I you, choose you, to if live If it great is a choice, yeah. then you will, you know, when people don't feel good, then they are stuck somewhere. But if you are realizing True. that you have choices all the time, then you are never stuck. You are always uh, something out of uh, yeah. wherever you are. You, you give me, I love that. That's beautiful. And um, it's interesting because we don't really know each other very well, but I feel yeah. immediately connected to you when yeah, I met you. Thank you. And that ties in exactly the article when I was interviewed for the Hurriettes on happiness. And I talked about the life code in the article. And the headline was for me saying, if you're happy, great. But if you're not, make some changes. Yeah. And that's exactly what you just said. It's so exactly. true. Like, if things are going great, awesome, keep going. But if it's not, make some changes. Exactly. I love that. That's beautiful. All right. Well, we are out of time. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. You are a wonderful guest. Thank you. You're adding so much value to the world. And um, I look forward to seeing what you're doing next. Is there any, <laughs> actually, is there anything you can mention yet that you're doing yet next or not yet? 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what I can mention, uh, my real focus nowadays is mental health. Yes, so, mind body. Yeah, so important. Uh, mindful living, etc. Because uh, what I realized that because of social media, because of digitalization, etc., people are, people are losing their mental uh, well-being. So we, as a company, as a person, I uh, invest more and more on uh, how to feel better, um, say, mind-wise. I love that. That's I love it. All. It's perfect. Well, of course, I'd love you to open up a center in the United States, so I'm going to keep bothering you about that. We'd love uh, to see that come. <laughs> we, we, we are working on a project, a wellness village in Houston. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. my home state is Texas. Yeah, Texas, Houston. So. And Houston's on the water. Yeah. Yay, that's great. I felt so strongly that a lot of people go to Arizona. Um, not that there's anything wrong with it, but I love the idea all your centers are by water. So whether it's Antalya or Phuket or Bodrum. So, oh, I'm really thrilled to hear that. Um, all right, cool. Well, thank you. Thank you. That's a wrap for today. You lost me at Namaste. Know that you are worthy. You are enough. You were born for a reason. Thank you for joining me. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of You Lost Me at Namaste. If you liked it or you like this podcast in general, please take a moment and share the love by dropping me a review, giving me a rating, or sharing it with your friends. The more love and light we can spread, the better our world will be. Thank you, and until next time, namaste.